The following podcast contains financial chat. The advice is general in nature. We can't account for your individual circumstances. For advice to suit your individual needs, see the professionals. In fact, we'd be really happy if you did. What do you think about when you think about investing? If you're the same as me, you think, it's too complicated, it's too risky, there's too much to learn, I'm too much of a dum-dum, I can't play the market, I'm not the wolf of Wall Street, I'm more of a cat in pyjamas. Ah, stop. We're here to get better at money, right? So, in between our main episodes of The Pineapple Project, we're dropping these bonus juicy slices, full of good advice, motivation and all the juice on how to make your money work harder. Today, it's Investing 101. Belinda White is the founder of the Fierce Girls Guide to Finance, and she has a gift of making complex financial things seem easier. She says more women should definitely sink their teeth into investments. The thing that you would, if you went to a financial planner, for example, the the first thing they'd sit down and ask you would be, what are your goals? Mm-hmm. Like, where do you want to be in five years with your money? Where do you want to be in retirement? And the the value of that is that most people haven't thought about those things. They might think, oh, I want to buy a house or I want to pay off my house, something very sort of specific like that. But if you haven't thought, look, I want to be retired by age 55 or I want to be able to send my kids to private school in 10 years from now or whatever the mm. goal is for you, then you work back and go, okay, well, are shares right for you or is an investment property right for you or should I just be putting my money in a high-interest savings account? So if you don't have the conversation either with yourself or with an advisor of some sort, then it's kind of like just being on a journey with no destination. It's more about redefining who you are as an adult who's able to build wealth for yourself. So particularly women... We're sort of brought up to think about what what we're going to buy and what we're going to spend and we're not really socialised to think, how am I going to create wealth and security for myself and my family? Like that's not what we talk about in high school or at uni or even later on when we've got our first jobs. We're thinking like, have I got enough money to buy that new handbag? Now that's a a vast generalisation but in my experience of the women I know, that's how we're really socialised. Yeah, me, I'm just like, how close am I to the next holiday? <laughs> exactly. Which is the yeah. same sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. How can I spend the money that I've made? Yeah. <laughs> and I do think men are a little bit more likely to talk about wealth building or talk about how they're going to create a lifestyle for themselves because that's their social expectation and that they'll be the provider. Well, they've been shown themselves doing it in movies, haven't they? And we don't, Absolutely. We don't get shown ourselves doing that in movies. It's so rude. There's no she-wolf of Wall Street, right? (laughs) Yeah, so we just need to redefine that we can do this. Women can do this. Seriously, explain to me step by step what I do. Like, because this is so easy for you now and I don't understand. (laughs) Like like I said, what do I, like I'm not, I'm not calling up a business on the corner and saying, do you have any shares I can buy? Like, where do I go to get a share? Okay, so you buy them through a broker. So you do so call a broker? You can, or you can go online and you can go to any of the online brokers. Like uh, A lot of the banks have those online brokerages. The other thing you can do, 
there's a thing called a managed fund and it's basically a, a company that goes and does all the hard work of picking stocks for you and they put it together and they sell you units in that trust. You know, I was going to ask you, do you have to, I mean, like, are you going to make more money by investing in the unethical companies? Like, as soon as you go ethical, are you taking a bit of a hit? Uh, surprisingly, no. Ethical investment generally, um, this is a generalisation, it, it often does better than uh, just the market. It, it, all, it really depends on so many things. It, it, it t- depends on things like what else is happening in the market, whether commodities and resources are high or low, um, how you've defined ethical investment. What do you think of apps like Acorn that I've heard friends talking about, these ones that are like, you know, investing, but we're talking yeah. on a kind of sense level? It's a really good starter for getting comfortable with investment. So there are, I think there are other apps, but they were kind of the, the the category creator here. Well, is there such a thing as a foolproof investment? No, no, there's risk in every investment, but there's always a spectrum of risk and return. So it tends to be that the higher the risk, the higher the return, because it, you, you are getting paid for taking that risk. And so even within, say, shares, which is a, what we call an asset class, there's blue chip shares, you know, buying shares in the Commonwealth Bank, pretty sound. You know, you're not thinking, oh, I could lose this all tomorrow. Whereas there's some sort of tech stock that's just going to IPO and you've got to get in on the ground floor and it's going to be huge. That's a, a much more risky share. So there's different, like each asset class is has different risk and then within that asset class there's usually different levels of risk. The thing with shares is don't ever look at it for the last quarter or the last year. Try and look at it for how they've performed over the last five years or ten years. Any good finance guru will tell you that you've got to track whatever you do to your goals and your time horizons. What I want to know is what is a dividend? I say it's money that a company gives you to say thanks for investing in us. So say I bought shares in the Commonwealth Bank and then they make a profit they go, oh, here's a little bit of our profit to say thanks for having bought shares in us. That Now, the thing about dividends is they're discretionary. You, you don't have to pay them as a company. You only pay them if you feel like you've got enough money. So they might pay 10 bucks this year and 20 bucks next year. Or they may say, oh, we don't have enough money. We're not going to pay any at all this year. Got it. Okay, so this is different to just the regular growth of the value of one share. It's like a little sweet present, like a like a Christmas bonus. Any share investment will usually have capital growth and or income, which is dividends. So, yeah, so some particularly small emerging companies may never pay you a dividend or not for 10 years. Um, so you would buy them for growth because if they go up, they go up a lot whereas a blue chip share is probably going to not increase in value as much over time because they've already had a lot of that growth, but they're going to give you more income. And if you are retired, for example, they're the kind of ones you're going to look at. Sweet. Belinda, thank you so much for all the info. I feel vastly more intelligent now. Well, there's always more you can learn, (laughs) but don't feel like you don't know anything because you actually know far more than you think. Ah, that was a delicious juicy slice. Good luck out there, investors. If you know someone that would find this podcast useful, tell them about it. Either grab their phone and subscribe them or just hit the share button, that little square one or the arrow on your phone, and send it on to them. 
We'll be back soon with more real episodes of The Pineapple Project. Oh, and make sure you're subscribed too. Gosh, don't let yourself miss a thing. I'm Claire Hooper and I'm getting better at money. Money.